Welcome to season two of the Energy Upgrade podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa, master biohacker and successful entrepreneur. In season one of the Energy Upgrade, you got to have a taste for my obsession in all things health, energy, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and biohacking, or how to take radical responsibility in living a life by design. As a certified health coach, integrated health practitioner, kinesiologist, and seasoned entrepreneur who built and sold a seven-figure business, I want to dive deeper in this season too. After healing myself from burnout, from my health falling apart, my hormones leaving my body, I'm here to share everything I wish someone had told me. Every day, I have the incredible opportunity to be mentoring women and supporting them in becoming true magnetic energy bombs. I'm helping them remember who they were all along. It's so powerful that I want to take you in on the journey, almost as if you were a fly on the wall. You'll find that I'm not your typical health coach and I'm not your typical business coach either. I'm somewhere in between with a lot of spirituality sprinkled in there. This podcast is a sacred place where I come and share with you things that will bring you a high return on investment because yes, I'm all about ROI. Life goes fast and if I can show you a shortcut or two, I'll have succeeded at bringing you value. Thank you for being here. Let's go. Your time is now. Your energy is your life force. You want to be able to magnetize your wildest dreams. A liver detox is the fastest way to start healing. You can and you will. Welcome back to the Energy Upgrade. This is Vanessa Grutman, your host. And today I'm a, I'm going to be talking about a very controversial topic. In fact, I'm just like, even just before hitting record, I was like, oh, do I really want to go there? But then, you know, I get so many questions in my DMs every week about this topic that um, I think we need to go there. So this week, I'm going to be talking about Botox. Oh my gosh. Cue the controversial topic. Um, Okay, so why am I feeling so torn about this conversation? Well, if you know my background or, you know, if you're new to my universe, I'll tell you quickly. But in the past 12 years, I have been in the skin industry. I actually started with L'Oreal. That was back in uh, 2010. Oh my gosh, I feel old. And um, at the time, I launched the first medical skincare brand that L'Oreal had acquired. It's called SkinCeuticals. So I launched this brand in Canada. We were only um, two. I was covering Western Canada, and one of my friend Martina was covering um, the East Coast. And we had um, we had a manager, uh, Lulua, if you're listening, hello, and. Um, the basically the president of the division Dominique if you're listening we um hello we were we were basically four four people we launched this brand and we went all in and what that meant is I visited every single dermatology office every single medical aesthetic clinics and spas in western Canada and pretty much also I covered a lot of on on the east coast so I have seen a ton of clinics and that is how from there I got to partner up with uh, one of my client at the time and we started 
this concept called Project Skin MD, which is a network of medical aesthetic clinics on the West Coast. And now there is even a location in Ottawa. So you can see, right, I have been for the past 12 years-ish in this skincare industry, both feet in it. And it's interesting because now that I've done my, you know, I've exited, sold and exited this business um, earlier this year in April, um, but I was in in a, a soft exit for the past um, three years. And that allowed me to really start to see this business with a different eye. Um, and I want to make sure that everybody here understands I am not going to be talking about this topic to shame, guilt anybody who decides to do any of these procedures. Listen, I was in it for so long. Um, and so my only intention in today's episode is to, again, bring curiosity. That is always actually my intention on this podcast is to just maybe bring, shed light on a topic that is controversial and where limited information is available if we want to really weigh in the pros and the cons. So we all we hear is that Botox is safe, and um, obviously that is coming from the maker of Botox, which is Allergan, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies. And even when I was working in the industry, you know, those were the trainings we were having. It's safe. It's it's one of the most tested drugs on earth, and it's been used for decades. In fact, it was discovered in Vancouver in the 80s by Dr. Carruthers. Um, and it was discovered completely um, by fluke because this was used. Um, so Botox was being used and injected. You know, when you have your eye that jumps, it was injected to calm um, this this jumpy eye. And then people were in this clinical study and, and Dr. Carruthers started to notice that, wow, these people just look younger and younger as they were coming back for their follow-up visits. And, and essentially that's how they started to realize that this neurotoxin had um, actual anti-aging benefits. And so let's talk about what Botox is um, in the first place. So Botox is basically... Um, it's it's a neurotoxin that is produced by the bacteria Clostridium botulinum. So essentially, it is um, it's the same toxin that basically causes botulism, right? Which we know causes a slow paralysis of the body. It attacks nerves and muscles, and and sometimes botulism can even create death. So it's it's you know. So I'm sharing this because when people ask me, is Botox toxic? Well, the name says it. It's it's a neurotoxin. And why is it a neurotoxin? Is because in the way it works, what it does is it will um it has a really strong ability to inhibit neurotransmitter release. And so what that does, it will um create temporary paralysis of the facial muscles it's injected into. Now, Botox is used both both cosmetically and clinically, so medically, um for, you know, it's it's being used for so many different indications, but the primary use is really cosmetic. Um, so we're thinking about forehead lines, crow's feet around the eyes, it's even used around the the mouth. 
um, for lip lines. It's being used now in, in the neck for necklines. Um, I even saw the other day, there's this new thing called Barbie Botox, and it's being used in the shoulders to give a more defined neck and shoulder um, area. So it's used in wild ways and very creative ways. It's even used in the calf muscles in Asia so that your leg is thinner because if the muscle is paralyzed, well, it's not going to grow. It's actually going to start shrinking. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what, so if we just look at the facts, okay, so we're injecting this neurotoxin topic um, with, with a needle and we're injecting it locally. Now, the one question is, does it travel? We do know that it will have a systemic impact. In fact, there's a reason why you shouldn't um, get in, injected when you are pregnant or breastfeeding. Now, what they're saying is that it was never tested, but also I think, um, and this is something they're not really sharing, but this would be my feeling is that, you know, obviously they have um, good reasons to think that this neurotoxin will travel um, systemically, which means it will travel through the blood. Um, now, I, I want to also reaffirm, I am not an injecting physician. I I just have been really privy to all of this for, for like both sides for for a decade um, in the business that I built previously. So I, I have been exposed to all the trainings from the company and I've asked all my questions and never really got some clear answers. Now, um, there's amazing and incredible people working at Allergan and I love them. But the thing is, we have to start asking ourselves, okay, is this really really good for my optimal health. And that's really always my my thinking here on this podcast. So I'm trying to invite you to live your best life and to tap into your, your optimal energy. And so we always have to think about, okay, we can consider things that will add energy, but we also have to think about, could there be anything getting in the way, draining us of our energy. Okay. That's also very important to consider. And I think Botox might be on like in the ladder. Um, so let's look at what it does. So when we are paralyzing facial muscle, what happens? Um, basically we are, uh, what it does is temporarily, we're not going to be able, let's say we get injected in the forehead. Well, we're not going to be able to raise our eyebrows the same way. We're not going to be able to frown the same way. And, and so what that does is um, think of the lymphatic vessels, think of the blood vessels, there's just going to be less movement in those areas in general. Now, that is that is the point, right? We want to have this like um, very smooth forehead. That's what it takes. The Botox will actually smooth out the lines, fine lines and wrinkles, which yes, you know, it, it's nice to look younger but at what cost? And so for me, when I started really diving into the world of detoxification, it became really evident that there was a bit of a conflict of interest. I was feeling like, oh, you know, this, this doesn't seem, this doesn't feel right to me. Okay. So again, this is me, my perception and my thought process that I'm sharing. I am not shaming you if you are deciding to get Botox. But for me, it just became something that I couldn't really deny anymore. 
you know, it, I'm here I am preaching detoxification, detoxifying my body, investing in all these protocols and getting a neurotoxin inject injected close to my brain didn't really make sense. So yes, I did have Botox. Um, and I stopped, I, I was looking at the dates, I think it's like, you know, over three years ago now. Um, and it's really when I was starting to um, study and do all of, of this work and really diving deeper into the biohacking, I started feeling like, okay, there's, there's a misalignment in values here. And so I stopped, I completely stopped at the time. And I wasn't really getting it very often. Um, and, you know, I got pregnant a lot. So I really didn't, I really kind of just dabbled into it. And yeah, so, you know, it's great to look um, like you have no wrinkles, but I have to tell you, I also, this is also what, something that was part of my decision in stopping is I really could notice that my kids weren't really fully picking up on my emotions and expressions, you know, because when you are getting Botox, it's very hard <laughs> to frown. Or if you're angry, it's like it's it all happens through your eyes, but the rest of your face is not moving. If you're if you're sad, if you're crying, I just could feel that my kids were not a hundred percent connecting or feel or really understanding my emotions. And when I saw that through their eyes, to me, it was very. It was a big eye opener. I just thought, you know what? I, I want them to really understand and feel what I'm feeling because I want them to know that they can also, that it's safe for them to also have these feelings. And so that that was part of my reason was I didn't want to inject toxins in my body, especially close to my brain, not really knowing for sure long-term what the impact of this neurotoxin would, would be. And for me, it was very important um, that my kids also would see um, what aging really looks like. You know, that that's really something that became um, very close to my heart. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to like I haven't been letting myself go per se. Like I'm I'm still taking very good care of my skin. And that's really what I want to discuss here is what are the alternatives to, to Botox, but maybe just before to close the chapter on this, um, this is an interesting fact. Um, I did a candida um, bacterial overgrowth urine test. This was about, this was probably six months after, um, or maybe a year after I had stopped um, getting Botox. And it was interesting because um, in that test, we get to pick up on any bacteria that is in the body that shouldn't be there. We get to um, see like C. difficile. We see any other, um, we see obviously candida and yeast markers. We see mold. Um, and you know what was in mine? I, botulism was in there. It was not like high, obviously, because I wasn't having symptoms, but it was in there. And that to me was like, okay this is the only, this, this is, this is the main way I could have had that in my body. And so to me, that was also part of the decision for me to not really touch that anymore. Cause if I see it in this lab test, which by the way, I will link the test, um, in, in the show notes, it's, it's my favorite lab to run. Like when my clients are like, Oh, which lab should I run? This is the one I always recommend 
because holy moly, is it ever telling. You'll see everything that's in your body that shouldn't be there. And that's also very helpful um, for me as a practitioner after to decide, okay, what protocol do we need to do in which order and which ones do we need to focus on first? Um, so it was interesting. Anyway, it was very enlightening for me to be like, okay, we know that this has systemic absorption. Um, in fact, in terms of the side effects, like it's known that um, the this like that it will create muscle weakness. And what's interesting is there's tons of reports. And if you start Googling this, you'll you'll find it. Um, there's tons of reports of people having experiencing muscle weakness after getting Botox, but actually not in the area where this was injected, which is another sign that it does travel and does move. Um, now, of course, when you are injected, you're also at the mercy of the, the quality of the injector. So if you're getting to a, an injector, perhaps that is not experienced, you might have um, uneven or droopy lid or uneven or like crooked eyebrows, like, oh gosh, I've seen them all around the mouth. You might not even be able to smile anymore. Um, and, and so that's really, you know, important to consider. Now, also, interestingly, there's reports of increased sweating after Botox. And why would you, you know, if you just think, okay, why would we get increased sweating? Well, let's remember that sweating is one of the four, four ways that our body moves toxins out of the body. And so it's interesting to notice that there's increased sweating. Even more interesting is the fact that now Botox is being used for hyperhidrosis, which is excessive sweating. Isn't that interesting, really? Um, making money on everywhere we can. And I always, this has never felt right to me because again, if your body is sweating excessively, it's probably because there's something that needs to come out and there's maybe an excess of toxins that need to be looked into. The body is trying to shed them to get rid of them. And, and so if we, if we remove the ability of the body to sweat, then we actually create a bunch of other problems and our body's toxic load will go up. So this is something to also consider. Um, What's interesting too is because we create we we stop creating movement in the face, we reduce the blood flow and the lymphatic drainage in that area. And so what that does is actually over time it might create some dullness in the skin just because the skin doesn't have the nutrients um, and doesn't have the same amount of oxygen that comes in there. Think about that. Like we know that the lymphatic system is manually. Um, it has to be manually moved. It doesn't have a pump like the heart to, to move. So if, if we have, if the muscles are not moving, then it's actually really hard to create movement. And therefore we create more stagnancy in those areas. And what that does is over time, it can create that dullness. It can create other issues. So what I recommend often is if you are a diehard fan of your Botox, and if that for you is absolutely non-negotiable to your well-being, um, again, no shaming, then what I would recommend is to space out your treatments a little bit more. Allow that movement to actually come back. And I know this is exactly the opposite of what's usually preached in the medical aesthetic industry. Usually it's, it's, you know, and that's what we used to say, you need to come back every four months before there's movement, just so that it transitions nicely. Um, and so that's usually the protocol that Allergan recommends. But here I'm just saying in the context of wanting to create 
um, better nutrient intake from these muscles and from your skin in that area to create movement and bring movement back in between your appointments actually will help to make sure that you don't have that dullness that that settles in over time. You can also use gua sha, um, like use gua sha with very light touch to create more movement in that area and create more lymphatic drainage. If you are the kind of person who who loves to get Botox injection, I would really recommend um, to inc include a gua sha protocol in your morning routine, just so that if there are toxins that are needing to be flushed out, you are manually doing it. So these were the things that I, I really wanted to bring to the surface. Now, there are um, other cases that are reported, like everything, right? Anytime we inject a medication, anytime we inject something foreign, there's always a risk, right? So you can read um, a lot on that topic. Again, I am not an injection um, physician. I'm just sharing my why. Why did I personally decide to stop for now? Um, and you, there's reports of like nerve issues long term, of course, if, if it's not injected in the right spot. Um, you know, even increase urination, difficulty swallowing, um, difficulty uh, breathing, headache, headaches. The list goes on. And again, this this is um, information that is a bit hard to find, of course, because Allergan doesn't necessarily want this information to come out. Um, by the way, there are also, Botox is the most known neurotoxin, but there are other ones um, out there like Dysport and Zeoman. Um, so it's not just um, Allergan, but they are definitely the primary maker of it. And let's face it, it's like a it's like a multi-million, probably a billion dollar industry at this point also. So it's a big deal. And that's why um, I was a bit anxious to come and have this conversation today because I know that for the most part, people absolutely love it. And I used to love it too. And again, I'm I'm really just sharing why is this really where I'm at. Um, and so let's let's talk about the things I've decided to do instead that to me feel more aligned with my values, with the messages that I'm preaching here, which is to really be super mindful of the toxins that we're putting in our body and moving the toxins that we have in us out so we can have more energy. And so for me, there, of course, skincare is very important. Um, I have been very, very diligent with my skin skincare, um, of course, since I've worked with L'Oreal, but even before that. And um, to me, the cornerstones of my skincare routine are like a good vitamin C serum that I use in the morning. I have been using vitamin C for the past 12 years, and I have been using the CE for like from SkinCeuticals uh, for 12 years, every single day, every single morning. I don't think I've ever skipped a morning. And to me, this is just one of those products that is A, very clean. So actually, you can go on the ewg.org website, which I've talked about many times before. There, they have an entire skin database on that website. And you can look at the toxicity levels of the brands and the products that you are using. So I strongly invite you to do um, your due diligence and go check, okay, are the products that you're putting on your skin, your largest organ, are they safe? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so the CE for like is definitely safe. It has very limited amount of ingredients. It's also a very acidic serum, meaning 
It doesn't need preservatives. And I just love how it makes your skin glow. It also really, to me, what was what made me so long-term for it is the fact that it helps to reduce um, DNA mutations that are leading to skin cancer. So to me, that's like amazing. And so I use vitamin C every day. And then I always use um, a facial mineral sunscreen. So usually with zinc oxide. Um, and I love, I am, there's one also from SkinCeuticals called Fusion. It's tinted with, um, with iron oxides, which I love. Um, and then Beauty Counter also does really nice ones. Color Science also does nice ones that are on the, like, like the color science, I don't think is in the green one on the ewg.org, but definitely the beauty counters are. Um, and I, I love the beauty counters because they have a built-in SPF, but also some sort of like a very minimal coverage. I don't wear foundations or anything like that. Um, I really, I'm really mindful of making sure that what I put on my skin is non-toxic, but also that allows my skin to breathe. Um, that's very important. So I avoid anything anything like talk or talk or really, really occlusive um, products. And then at night, sometimes um, I, I usually have like a really good moisturizer. And you know, what I love to do is I love to do micro needling at home at least once a week. So I have a dermal roller with stainless steel needles and I love to use that. I actually adore the one from Alatura, which is a beautiful company from Hawaii. Um, amazing products. And their dermal roller is spectacular. I use that uh, once a week. And and dermal roller seriously has been used for thousands of years. Um, they're even saying like since Egypt um, time, it's it's really been used for a while because it it is sort of the ultimate biohack. You are creating a mi micro injury in the skin, which will which means that to heal, the body will create more collagen to repair. It also helps to um, soft off any pigmentation. It helps to smooth lines and wrinkles, um, and so and also it opens channels for nutrients. So I'm also very mindful of what I apply on my skin afterwards. I love to sometimes do um, like a nice clay mask after or now lately, some of you who follow me on Instagram, you may have seen me with my green mask. I've been really loving playing around with different ways to detoxify my skin even more. So I'll use like some spirulina, chlorophyll kind of masks to pull toxins out while the channels are open. Um, and so microneedling is one of my favorite treatment to do both at, at home and in clinic. Um, in clinic, you can go deeper so it can create even pinpoint bleeding and that will create more rapid collagen uh, formation. So microneedling is amazing. The other thing that I love to do in clinic is PRP. So PRP um, is platelet-rich plasma. Basically, you may have heard of the gold serum. Essentially, you're using your own body's growth hormones and plasma to regenerate the skin and regenerate um you know, the, the fine lines and wrinkles and smooth them out. So you can do PRP by injection on the face, or you can also do the microneedling using the PRP as your gliding agent. So it pushes it deeper into the skin. So this is also the ultimate biohack because you're not using anything that's foreign. You're using the power of your own body, harnessing your own body's um, 
ability to repair itself, essentially, which I love. Now, what's interesting with PRP is we also have to think about the quality of our blood when we go in. And so I always recommend if that's something that you're into, do a detox before, like a liver detox before, making sure your your blood is in tip-top shape because you don't want to re-inject that in in a concentrated way if it's if it if you're not sure that it's it's clean. Other things that I love to do for my skin, um, just for tightness and um, to help with those fine lines and wrinkles would be treatments like Thermage or Altherapy. Thermage uses radio frequency and Altherapy uses ultrasound. And both of these procedures are really designed to help lift and um, tighten the skin. And so this these are procedures that Um, I have been doing once a year or once every two years. And I tell you, like, since I've been doing those, um, and I've been doing them for a while, but I I don't feel the need to do Botox as much. Like, I just find that um, I'm, I'm happy to be able to have expression in my face. I'm happy to, that my kids understand when I'm angry or when I'm sad or happy for that matter. Like, I'm just so happy that they can, they can really understand um, my facial expression because that is important for their learning as well of emotions. Um, and I'm I'm just happy that this allows me to age um, in a nice way, but also like not really put my hand in the sand, my head in the sand. Um, so this is yeah, this is what I do. I microneedling I love, PRP I love, um, I love the thermage all therapy. I think these are brilliant. Um, and seriously, with good skincare, if you do those kind of things, I also use red light. So I have red light therapy at home. Um, I, I do it multiple times a week. Uh, red light not only will help uh, and increase the nutrient intake from the, the skin cells, but also it will help them detoxify. Um, and so red light would be a good thing to do, even if you have Botox to, like I said, help um, to bring more more of that circulation, more of that detoxification. Um, I personally use the Therisage uh, Trilight panel. I'll put that link also in the show notes. So many links for today. And then of course, I can't not talk about peptides. Um, You may have caught the earlier podcast I did on One Skin, which is another skincare product I absolutely love to use. Peptides have been shown to really, really help with collagen and elastin production, which is the foundation of your skin. So I love One Skin. Um, I actually use um, I use their eye cream. Their eye cream is incredible. I use their face cream and I use their body body product because. This was incredible, the results that um, Dr. Carolina shared with me um, of the study they did when using that peptide overall on the skin, how it actually reduced um, inflammation markers in the blood, like overall in the in the body. It's just incredible, like truly reversing biological age. Um, and then, of course, I can't not talk about X39. For those of you who have also, I did another podcast on this, but X39 is this patch that uses photobiomodulation and it helps the body produce its own um, reserve of 
copper peptide. And copper peptide is the main peptide in the world of skincare and aesthetic medicine. In fact, I know that we're going to hear more and more and more and more about it because it's just so incredible, the things it does. So X39 is this patch that I use. I use it sometimes. So I go back and forth. You have to wear it 12 hours on, 12 hours off. So sometimes I'll wear it at night. Sometimes I'll wear it during the day. Um, it You can't feel it. Um, the only thing is you have to drink a lot of water because copper pep peptide also helps the body to detoxify. But what it does on the skin is it will really help after three months. Um, 12 weeks is how long it takes to rebuild collagen. So after three months, I really noticed a difference in the evenness of my skin, um, the plumpness of it. I also noticed a difference in my hair and my skin um, and my nails, sorry. So incredible, an incredible product. Um, and I will also put the link down in the show notes, but to me, peptides are incredible. And then Quickly, another thing that I just love is castor oil packs. Again, why? Because they're detoxifying the skin. Castor oil is just incredible. When you're using it with the pack directly on the liver, you're also 10xing the results of the castor oil. But I also use castor oil. Now, you know, dermatologists would die to hear this, but I use castor oil directly on my face and neck at least twice a week. So I will go to bed with that on. And usually what I do is I'll do, let's say the one skin eye cream, and then I'll do the castor oil on top to seal it in. I do my lashes, my eyebrows, because it's awesome to help with um, lash growth. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, castor oil, seriously, is like my discovery of the decade. I cannot get enough of it. I use it everywhere. I use the thyroid pack as well. I use it. Um, castor oil is just so incredible at detoxing the body. So removing toxins. But it also is such a great carrier oil. So anything that you're putting on, it'll help to penetrate. It actually, um, yeah, so it's, it's and it seals the skin. So it helps to lock in the moisture. It's incredible. So I use it all over my face, my eyes, my lashes, and my neck at least twice uh, a week overnight. And I have been loving how my skin looks. So I am doing a lot of things, as you can see. And basically my point was that there is so much that you can do aside from using Botox. And I find, um, and again, if you're using Botox, amazing. I'm not judging. I did it. Um, this is just not in for me in the season I'm in right now. And instead, I'm exploring all the amazing alternatives. And I've been really on this journey for three years now, almost, yeah, more than that. And um, it's incredible to me that there's so many other solutions that nobody talks about because they seem to involve a little bit more work, right? It's less of a quick fix, but for your health long-term, it's just, um, anyway, I feel really good about this path I'm on and I wanted to come and share it because um, these are the kind of conversations we need to have, right? We need to have these, these conversations. I know they are a little bit polarizing. Not everybody agrees with it, but I think it's important to know what our options are at all times. And, and it's also important to ask ourselves, like, why are we needing to do Botox? What are we trying to hide? Are we not, um, are we not good enough? 
right? That's, that's, and trust me, I've seen the other side of this in the medical aesthetic industry. You know, there's a lot of body dysmorphia. There's a lot of, it becomes a bit like a vicious circle where it's never enough. We always, you know, we need more and more and what's the next thing. And the truth is, I'm really on this journey trying to embrace myself as I am because I know that I am enough and that, you know, having wrinkles or not is not going to change my worth. And that's really my message. You know, at the end of the day, ask yourself, um, what, why, you know, what is, what is the need? And am I trying to avoid really what matters? Am I trying to avoid, um, am I trying to pretend? Am I trying to pretend wearing this mask on and I'm passionate about this mask, my friends. You're going to hear me talk about this quite a bit. <laughs> um, in fact, it's the name of my new upcoming event because I, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing that we, and I'm including myself here, you know, we are walking around pretending, always, you know, wanting to please everybody and and be perfect. But the only thing it does, it's it's harming us even more and it's disconnecting us from our true essence even more. And so that is the question I want to leave you with today. You know, if if you are inclined or if you are considering these modalities, um, just be just be super intentional and really be conscious about it and really ask yourself, is there something I'm trying to fix about me here? Is it is am I trying to bypass something? Um, because I, I, like I said, I've seen the other side of body dysmorphia and how it's, it's just a never ending loop and it's a slippery road. It's a slippery road. So with that being said, my friends, I hope that this episode was enlightening. Um, again, please take what resonates with you and absolutely leave the rest. I am not saying that, um, I know it all. I am not saying that this is the absolute truth. This is this again. This is the purpose of this podcast is just to bring some contemplation, some things for you to consider for th things that perhaps you haven't been privy to and um, ask yourself some deeper questions. And if this episode was helpful, feel free to share it, share it on Instagram. If it resonated with you and you think others need to have this conversation, share it with close ones. And maybe if you have teenagers, you know, feel free to share it with them because um, we really need to also make sure the generation under us is fully aware of this um, because we're seeing some wild things out there and some crazy things. And I'm not 100% sure that this is healthy over time. And that is my goal is to try to make sure we tap into longevity. We biohack our skin without having to take the unhealthy route. So with that being said, my friends, this is it for this week. As I said, you will start hearing more about the mask, which is my next event. I'm so excited about it. In fact, I will add that in the show notes. Lots and lots and lots of notes in today's episode. But again, I hope that this was helpful and I cannot wait to see you again for another episode. Talk to you soon. The information shared on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't provide any medical advice. Vanessa Grutman does not cure, diagnose, or treat disease. Please consult your physician before trying any new protocol or product.